Amen. Hey, give the band a big hand. They're great. You can just do better than that. You guys hear this guy on the cello back here? That's a cello, right? It's cello? See, look at me. I know all these instruments and stuff. Well, I know why. You know why I'm getting smarter? Let me tell you why I'm getting smarter, okay? Uh, this, is a, this is, you know, this is why serving the port, it could be good for you. Having kids for me, it makes me smarter. I've never done as many puzzles in my life as I've done in the last two years of my life. The last two years, I probably have done close to a thousand puzzles. And a lot of these puzzles I've done over and over, night after night after night. My kid takes the puzzle, he throws the pieces everywhere, moves them around, chews on one, and then I gotta go back and put them all together. And look, these puzzles are these incredible puzzles. It's all these different instruments, you gotta fit them, and then when you put it in, it's like, that's a violin. This is what a violin sounds like. So I've gotten really smart uh, doing all these puzzles and whatnot. So, uh, all right, so uh, I haven't been here in a couple weeks. It feels like it's been forever. I feel like the last time I was up here talking in front of people was a camp. I mean, that was like forever ago. So it's so good being back. It's so good seeing you. I'm Justin, the junior high pastor here. And if I haven't had a chance to meet you, I know we had some new people. Um, I'm so excited to meet you guys afterwards and say hello and do the whole thing. Uh, so let me tell you a couple things. One, I've been going to Disneyland a lot lately, and I've been having a blast at Disneyland. Anyone a season pass holder at Disneyland? Okay, so here's the thing. I just got a season pass, a completely awesome one, the, the one that you can go whenever you want except like during Christmas. And I have the parking on mine, so it doesn't cost me any money to park. So if you have a season pass and you're like, you know what, I really want to have a day off of school or like I want to go to Disneyland or maybe I want to skip school today. Mom, Dad, can I skip school, go to Disneyland with Justin? Nine times out of ten, if you text me and you're like, hey dude, I got the okay to skip school, want to go to D-Land? Chances are I'm going to say yes. Any opportunity I have to get out of the office, I'm going to go ride the roller. And my kids are, like, tiny, so they can't go ride the fun roller coasters and the fun rides. We're riding, like, the, the we were in um, Bugland. Okay, we rode the ladybug ride in Bugland. I thought I was going to throw up all over my feet. Like, that, like, I thought it was, like, the teacups, right? But it's not. It's, like, the teacups that it also, like, vibrates and stuff. So it's either breaking or they designed the ride to make me puke. But my kids, we went on Mater for the first time. I've been watching so many. So before it was Toy Story, right? And now I've been watching Monsters and Cars, like, nonstop. And I'm picking out all the holes in the movies. So I'll let you guys know. Uh, the, the fix is in, okay? I'm fi figuring out all these tricks. So that's my life. I don't know what you guys have been doing, but that's what I've been doing. Here, here's a question for you to think about as we get started. Uh, week five of the Amateur Series... Here's a question. Think about this. It's going to appear on the screen. Here it is. You're going to see it in a second. All right. When was the time, uh, when was the time you start? Uh, it should say started. That's my fault. When was the time you started doing something you didn't feel ready for? Okay, so that's my fault. I typoed that, so don't, don't hold it against me, okay? I, I failed English class, but I got an A in speaking class, so I don't know. Take that for what you will. When was the time you started doing something you didn't feel ready for? I know many, many times people ask me to do things, and I just like, I don't feel ready to do these things, and it kind of gets thrown on me, okay? Late, now, I like cooking. Like, I like cooking, but I don't love cooking. Right? And it's, I like barbecuing, but cooking is different than barbecue, okay? K barbecuing is you get a piece of raw meat, something that probably had a mother. And you take it, and you put it on the grill, and a lot of that is just kind of by feel. Like, you get the steak. I was cooking the steak last night, and you kind of, you get it up there, and you're kind of just kind of looking at it. You're kind of getting just a feel for the heat. Like, there's a lot of feelings involved in 
you know, barbecuing. When it comes to cooking, it's very specific. You have to measure things. You have to add things. So math's involved. You gotta like, you gotta like, you know, combine it in the right like order. Unless you mix it all up, and there's science. So now science is involved. So all my worst subjects are involved in cooking sometimes. And my wife just got this thing called HelloFresh. You guys ever use HelloFresh? Or it's like a, a thing where they they mail you a meal, and the meal is sitting right there, and all you have to do is just take out the stuff, and it gives you step-by-step instructions. But these instructions are written to someone who I think knows what they're doing when it comes to cooking. Like, they're not written to a guy like me. It's not like, hey, take some eggs, crack them. Maybe there's some shells in there. Don't worry about it. Put it in the bowl. Mix it up the best you can. It's not written like that. It's like, take the oval, you know, cream-colored, you know, receptacle and crack it gently into, and it's like all this like very complex stuff. Add salt, add pepper, add this, and caramelize it. If you guys know what caramelizing is, it's like a waste of time, okay? So I got to do all this stuff. And listen, it's not easy for me. It's actually really, really difficult. Like, I'm not, I don't feel ready to do that. She hands me this tag. I don't feel ready to do it, okay? Now, that's like a really easy example for me. Like, I don't know what your examples are. Something that you used to get thrown on you, and it's like, you got to do this, and we're expecting you to do this, and so you got to do this, and you're like, I don't know if I feel ready, if I'm equipped, if I'm capable of doing this. And you think to yourself, if only I was more of an expert, more professional, I'd be able to do this. But, you know, I don't know this stuff. I'm just an amateur. You know, there's nothing cooler than being an amateur at something. You know, there's nothing cooler than saying, you know what, I don't know everything, but I'm just going to kind of go at it, and I'm going to give it the best shot I can, and I'm just going to say yes. When a lot of people would say no, I'm going to say yes, and there's nothing cooler than that. You know, let me tell you a little thing. So I've been gone for the last couple of weeks. My mom, she's sick in New York, okay? So if anyone's ever had a sick relative before, like, you know what that's like. So I hopped on a plane, and I went to New York to be with my mom. She was sick. She was ill. Um, she was in the hospital, and, uh, and it was a really, really tough time, really, really tough time. So I'm sitting there in the hospital. I spent time with my mom, and you know the doctors are doing you know what doctors do. And you know you know when it comes to any profession, be thankful that doctors are not amateurs. Like some guy walks into the room, you're like, so what? Well, how are you a doctor? Oh, I watch a ton of Grey's Anatomy, and and I play Operation. I win one out of you know every ten times. I, I'm a winner. It's like, you don't want a doctor like that. You want a guy that's gone to med school and like has no personal life and has done everything to become a doctor. That's the kind of doctor you want, okay? Uh, just, just, a, just a guy that does nothing but read books and, and you know, does doctor things. I don't even know what doctors do, but whatever that is, that's what they do. And that's the kind of doctor we had. This guy was a total expert. So, but I was really nervous. I don't know if anyone's ever had a family member sick, but I was really nervous. And I went down to the chapel. Now, it's one of the cool things. Uh, every hospital in America has, regardless of what faith you are, or where you, you know, the economics of that area, no matter where it is, every hospital has some kind of a chapel room you can go to to connect with God, and that's a beautiful thing. So I went down to the chapel, and I'm sitting there in the chapel, and I'm praying, and I'm stressed out, I'm nervous, I'm thinking of my mom, I'm super nervous, stressed out for my mom, and there's this, this woman comes in, puts her hand on my shoulder, says, hey son, you know, can I pray for you? And I look up at her, and I'm like, yeah, sure, you pray for me, and she prays for me. Uh, her name's Margaret, okay? So I start talking to Margaret. Margaret does not know who I am, does not know I'm a pastor in California, she just knows nothing, uh, but I start talking to Margaret. And I'm like, so Margaret, you know, what do you know? Do you work here? Are you a chaplain here? Like, you know, what do you do? And she said, no. She's like, no, I'm, a, I'm just a volunteer. I volunteer here in the chapel. And, you know, whenever someone comes in, like, I volunteer, and I just spend time with whoever it is. And that totally blew my mind. I was like, wait, wait hold on a second. You didn't go to school for this? You didn't get, like, no degree? You didn't, you didn't study the Bible somewhere? You're, you're, just, you're just a chaplain in a hospital? You're, just, you're a volunteer? You're just helping people out? She's like, yeah. She's like, I didn't go to school for this. I'm retired. I, I, just, I just come in here. I just sit with people. Wait, wait. 
You sit with people, no extra, no special training. You didn't get to some level of experience or expertise or education. You just, you just show up and you just do stuff. And she's like, yeah, I just show up, I just do stuff. I'm a volunteer, I'm an amateur. Now, here's the thing. This woman didn't know, you know, she doesn't know anything about me. But she made her way into this lesson to you guys for this one reason. Because she made a gigantic impact on my life. And it wasn't because of a title or because of a degree or how much time she went in school. Or it wasn't about any of those things. It was the fact that she was willing to just show up and be there when I needed someone. You know, this is what it says in the Bible. This is out of the book of Acts. In those days, a group of the followers was getting larger. I was talking about the people who were following Jesus. That group was getting bigger and bigger. Like, so you imagine, you know, Jesus showed up and he got 12 disciples together. This was like his life group. That's why we value life groups so much. Oh, by the way, if you don't have a paper and a pen and a, and a Bible, you need to grab one because like, this is a note-taking. This, this is when you start you know, accumulating all the, all the notes. All right, so Jesus was there, got his 12 disciples. That's like his life group. And he started you know, teaching them and doing stuff with them. And the church, now Jesus had left. He left the, the life group in charge. So imagine if your life group leader left for a couple weeks and looked at one of you students and said, hey, you're gonna, who's in a life group, by the way? All right, perfect. And looked at one of you students and said, hey, you, you're going to lead the life group this week. I'm not going to be here, but you're going to lead it. Well, that's what Jesus did. He left and he's like, you guys, you life group, you're going to lead all this stuff. And then the church started growing. People who were following Jesus, believed in Jesus, the whole thing started growing. So the number was getting larger. Now there's this division here. You're going to see it. Greek-speaking Jews in the group complained against the Jews living in the country around Jerusalem. So we have the Jews who live in Jerusalem, and then we have the Jews that speak Greek, and there's like this big division between the two of them. The two of them don't typically get along with each other. And the Greek-speaking Jews said that their women, whose husbands had died, so see, these are all widows, were not taken care of, were not taken care of, uh, we're not taking care of when the food was given out each day. So every day, food's given out. They're very, very poor. So imagine if you woke up in the morning. It might be difficult for you to, to get this, but this is what it was like back then. You get up in the morning, and you don't know when your next meal is coming. It's not just about going downstairs and mom's down there cooking. You don't know where your next meal is coming. You don't have a lot of clothes to wear. Uh, you know, you, if you want clean water, you got to go somewhere and get clean water and bring it back and, like, you know, have it at your house, but you have to go do that every day. It's not like opening a bottle of water or turning on a faucet or, or going to Costco and loading up your thing and, like, running into people. Rude people at Costco. I go to Costco a lot. I bump into people and they give me the dirtiest looks. I'm like, I'm a pastor. You shouldn't give me dirty looks. Very mean. But it's not like that. It's not as easy as that, okay? You just, if you, every day, you're trying to get what you need just to fulfill your daily needs, okay? Daily needs. And these people were seeing that the widows weren't being taken care of and everyone was losing their mind. You know, here's step number one about being an amateur, okay? Because I think you can do this. This is what it says. This is me on the screen. I want you to write this down. Step one, it starts with seeing a need. Okay, it starts with seeing need. This is so simple. Okay, anyone in the world can do this. Every single person in this room, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of nationality, regardless of how rich or poor your family is, regardless of how many siblings you have, every single person in this room, let me check, let me make sure, let me make sure here. Yep, everyone in here has two eyes, okay, and they all seem to be working. So everyone in here can do this. It starts with seeing a need. That person, that group, my family, my friend, needs, and then you fill in the blank. Just open your eyes and look around and you say, you know what, my family needs to pray more. I can help meet that need. And, you know, at school, there's this group of kids, this group here, they're excluded. I can, they need to be included. I can help meet that need. It starts with just opening your eyes and saying, listen, I can meet that need. 
It just starts looking and says, I start seeing things. And this is what they were doing. They were seeing this need that was happening. The widows weren't getting food. And something needed to be done. It all starts with seeing a need. If you're an amateur, you're a killer at this. Because experts, like, they're too busy with stuff. They're thinking too far down the line. They're thinking what's next. Amateurs are the killer ones. They're the ones who say, you know what? I see these needs here, and I can do something about it. You know, this is what it says in the Bible next. Next verse. So the 12 missionaries, now this was the 12, this was Jesus' disciples, like this was his life group, uh, called a meeting of many followers. So he got everyone together. So imagine this, okay, imagine this. This is so simple. Say I go away for like a month or two months and I decide to put my life group in charge, okay? No one in my life group's here in the room, so, you know, just imagine that though. Bunch of eighth grade boys up here, they're in charge and they're like, hey, we gotta call a meeting and they get all JHM together. Like, hey guys, we're gonna have this meeting here. We need to figure this thing out. And they have go and they have this meeting. And this is what they say in the meeting they're having in the Bible. It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to hand out food. So let me explain that. The disciples are looking at, you know, what they do and what they kind of bring. And, and, you know, one of their big things is preaching God's word, talking about Jesus, right? And you might read that and think, well, that sounds like really selfish. Like, shouldn't everyone be willing to do anything? Listen, everyone should be willing to do everything. But, like, this isn't just a thing, okay? This isn't like cleaning up after Sugarfest, which is coming up in November. It's going to be awesome. This isn't like cleaning up after Sugarfest and then you're done. Like, this is a long-term commitment that they need to make to the widows in Jerusalem. So this wasn't like, oh, I can just do it this one time and then we're good. Like, anyone can do anything once. We're talking about they're seeing a need and they're going to be the ones to meet it long term. So you know what we do in junior high like this? That we do student leadership. That's why student leadership is such a big deal. We don't just look, you know, is it better for me to be back there running tech every single week instead of teaching God's word? Of course not. That makes no sense. I should be up here teaching God's word because we find people who are gifted, who are called and equipped, and we train them and we put them back there. And like that is, they're meeting a need every single week they're back there meeting a need. That's why we love our tech team. That's why we put students in the band. That every single week we have students in the band who are meeting the needs of making sure worship happens. Is it better for me and Jeremy to, instead of running the weekends or running life groups or doing the things we do at the church, to just learn instruments and be in the band? Listen, first of all, you don't want to hear me sing. I'm absolutely terrible, okay? I'm absolutely terrible. I'm really, really bad. And I don't know how to play instruments. So is it better for me to spend my time learning to play instruments instead of just looking at junior high and saying, who here plays instruments? Who here can be part of the band? Who here can help meet this need out of the group of us who could help meet the need? And that's what they're saying. Who here can help meet the need? It's not good for us to stop what we're doing to meet this need forever. We need to find people in this group who can meet the need. Uh, brothers, choose from among you Seven men who are respected and full of Holy Spirit and wisdom, we will have them take care of the work, then we will use our time to pray and teach the Word of God. Choose from among you. Guess why student leadership is so important? That's why we put such a big value on it. Because we believe exactly what they believe. When it comes to doing ministry and doing the work, you don't have to be an expert at it, you just have to be willing to say yes to it. So here's the second thing I want you to write down this is step two of being an amateur. Bring others into that process of meeting the need. Bring others into the process of meeting the need. So simple. Bring other people into the process of meeting. If you see there's a need, something that needs to be solved, do not do it alone. Don't feel like if you do it, you're going to get all the glory for it because the glory is for God, not for you. Don't see a need and think, you know what, I'm going to keep the secret and then I'm going to be the hero, the celebrity. I'm going to be, everyone's going to worship me and thank me for solving this. That's not how it works. 
That's what Satan tried to do. It got him kicked out of heaven for it. It's called pride. In humility, so thinking of others you know, more than you think about yourself, not thinking about yourself less, but thinking, you know, not thinking less about yourself, but thinking about yourself less, thinking about other people more. That's humility. Putting other people first. You know, if you see a need, know that you can't do it alone. You're not meant to do it alone. Jesus didn't even tell people to do it alone. He put 12 people in charge, and those people brought in other people. Pull other people into the process. You know, call a meeting of your own. Be like, hey, listen, eighth graders, something's going on. We've got to fix this. We need to call a meeting of the eighth graders. We need to fix this. You know, hey, we, we, need to, we need to get the band together. We need to fix this. Something's happening here. We need to fix this. Hey, we need to get, I need to talk to my life group. Next time we meet, hey, life group leader, next time we all get together, I think there's a need in junior high. I think there's a need in my school. I think there's a need in my neighborhood. I need to pull a couple people together. We need to solve this need. We need to fix this. You know, talk to your leader. You know, if you can't go to your leader and say, man, I got an idea, then what are we all doing here? I mean, leaders love that stuff. Kid comes to me and says, hey, I got an idea. I'm just like, oh my gosh, tell me your idea. I want to know what, it, I want to help you do it. Some of the best things we've done in junior high have been because junior high kids have said, hey, I have an idea. I think we should do this. I see a need. I think we can meet it. And we're like, okay, that sounds good. What do you want? To, let's do it. What do you want to do? Because I believe in junior high. Our church believes in junior high. But here's the thing. Does junior high believe in junior high? Like, do you guys believe in yourself as much as the people around you believe in you? You know, this is what it says in the last verse. It's going to appear on the screen. Acts chapter 6. <clears throat> These words pleased all of them. Okay, so, so just right off the bat, okay, me and my wife can't sometimes even get on the same page of where to eat dinner. I don't know what it's like in your house, but we do like the carousel of, so what are you in the mood for? Well, I don't know. What are you, what are you in the mood for? I don't know. I can honestly eat anything. You could pick literally anything on this planet, the planet Earth. You could pick anything, and I will say yes to it. Well, I just don't know what I want. Oh, boy. And it's like, babe, pick anything you want. Pick, pick a letter out of the alphabet and then just figure, I mean, you can pick it. Go on Google and say, what's the closest restaurant? And we'll go there. I don't care. She's like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for that. In the mood for what? You didn't do anything. Like, it just, it just totally boggles my mind. I don't know if you guys, like, if at your house, everyone just gets on the same page immediately with what we're going to do for dinner, but we do not. You know, getting people to agree is a really difficult thing. But yet everyone could agree to this. You know, why could everyone agree to this? Well, I'll tell you why. When you get a group of Christians together, so say like we're in this room, a bunch of Christians together, when people are sharing ideas that are like their own ideas, you know, sometimes people will agree, disagree, like it just doesn't feel right sometimes. But when you get a bunch of Christians together, people that follow Jesus, and ideas are flowing and things are being shared that are from God, not from ourselves, we tend to hear it differently because it, it just, it feels like it makes sense with our soul. Like when you hear an idea and it's like, you know what, I agree with that. It's not just because of what was said was just so incredible and mind-blowing and exciting. It's because what was said was from God. And when you hear things that are from God, it, it just connects with your soul differently than when you just make up an idea on your own. This idea, this idea of, you know what, it's better for us to keep preaching God's word. We're going to find people, amateurs from within your group to meet this need. Everyone could agree with that because that is an idea from God. That's God's idea of how to create solutions. Uh, the men were chosen this. So they chose Stephen, who was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, and they chose a bunch of other guys. I'll let you read that later. Verse 6. Then these men were taken to the missionaries. After praying, the missionaries laid hands on them. Have you guys have seen this? We call someone up on stage, and we lay hands. We pray for them. I ask all you guys to extend a hand. That's your way of saying, even though I can't be up there next to you, I'm still with you. 
Like that's, they were doing this in the Bible. The word of God spread further. Now remember that very first verse, you know, the word of God was spreading. People were believing in Jesus. And then they went, you know, this route of investing in the amateur. And then it even got even bigger. Even more people started believing in Jesus. Why? Because it was not reliant on these 12 disciples, this little life group of Jesus. It was not reliant on them to do all the work. Because they were smart enough to bring in amateurs into that process. Listen, if you're sitting there in junior high and you're thinking, man, I don't really know, feel like, I don't know if I'm part of the process in junior high. Like, I don't know if I'm part, I know I show up for the ministry. I know I show up for JHM, but I'm, do I feel like I'm a part of JHM? If you do not feel like you're a part of JHM, you have to look into student leadership. Student leadership is how you move from attending to investing into junior high. You know, I'll tell you some of the issues in junior high right now that need to be solved, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not the guy to solve them. Okay? I'm, I'm not the guy to solve them. You know, we do these, these boxes in the back, and people drop money in there for offering, and they write down little prayers, and they go in there, and the staff look at those, sure. But you know that there are no other students that look at the prayers that you guys write down? And it's because there's, no, there's really no one on the prayer encouragement team that we have for student leadership. You guys know that? That's a problem. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to solve that problem. Because I can't, because I'm, I'm doing other stuff. But someone in this room can solve the problem. You know, in the band, we have a shortage of bass guitar players. That's why we have to bring a guy in from the high school ministry who's awesome, okay, great guy, grew up doing junior high, super great guy. But you know that we don't have enough junior high students who, who play bass for our band and that we're struggling to find them? Listen, I'm not a junior high kid, I can't play bass. But there's a solution somewhere in this room. Somebody here plays bass, and they can meet a need, they can solve it. Now here's step three when it comes to doing, being an amateur. Go and start doing. You might think, well, no, 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 I need preparation. No, you don't need preparation. You just need to say yes, and then you just need to start doing stuff. Well, what if I do the wrong stuff? Probably, you probably will. You'll figure it out along the way. Don't worry about it. Well, what if I, what if I start doing something and, and it's not really needed? Well, then do something else. But, but don't just do nothing. Don't sit there and do nothing. Because here's the thing that I, I look at the book of Acts and I see. When people do what they can do, it gives Jesus a chance to do the things only he can do. That's actually our big idea for today. I want you guys to write that down. See up here on the screen. When I do what I can do, Jesus will do what only he can do. When you do what you can do, Jesus will do what only he can do. Now you might think, well, no, no, I want to do the things Jesus can do. No, no, you can't do those things. Only Jesus can do the things Jesus can do. All you have to do is do the things that you can do. Join student leadership, join the prayer encouragement team, get in the band. Do, you have an idea for how to serve the local community. You have an idea of how to get people connected at your school. Listen, I can't come to every single one of your schools, but you're already in your schools. You know, the band's going to come back up. We're going to play this song. This is the perfect response song because this is really going to give you a moment to think about what we just talked about. Because here's, here's the truth. A lot of you heard this, and you've been in this for five weeks now. We're starting a new dating relationship series next week. It's going to be awesome, okay? So this is the last week of amateur. And you've heard this for five weeks. And listen, if you're not convinced already that you can do it, then, you know, I don't, I don't know. But there's some of you who are like, you're right on the edge there. You're like, I kind of feel like I could do it. I'm kind of convinced. This is what I want you to do. We're doing this song, Oceans. The whole point of this song, Oceans, is someone who didn't think they could someone who was sinking, someone who needed help, someone who was crying out to God for God, lead me, show me, help me. And if you're sitting there thinking, man, I feel like an amateur, I need your help, God, show me, help me, lead me. If that's you, then this is gonna be the perfect time to just sit and listen 
to the words of this song and think about what God might be asking you to do. Listen, it, you do what you can do. Jesus will do what only he can do. Let me pray for you guys, and we're going to worship. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our students. They are so good, God. Bless them. Bless the journey of being an amateur. We thank you. We love you. Pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, you guys can stand up if you want. You can sit down if you want, but these guys are going to take it away. Band, you guys are great. This guy's playing the cello.